Hey guys, I'm going live today with Rodrigo from Barefoot Movers and we're going to talk about all things barefoot training and yeah. Hi, Holly. Hey, Rodrigo. How are you? How are you doing? I'm good, good. thank you? you. The internet was a little bit funky today. Seems like it's working okay now. So I hope it stays like that. Cool. It's a little bit delayed, but I can hear you just fine. Um, mm. Yeah, so I just told everyone that we're going to talk a little bit about what we do, uh, barefoot training, and I've been following you for quite a while now. Um, and do you want to just introduce yourself, let people know uh, who you are and what you do? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure to be here with you. It's a pleasure I really to have you. enjoy all the stuff that you also do. I've been following you too for a long time. So my name is Rodrigo. I'm a personal trainer that train more or switch more into more like a movement coach or movement trainer, how I like to call it. Um, I'm originally from Argentina. I've been in sports all my life, uh, pushing the body very hard since the very early years. Around late 20s, my body starts to, I would say, break down in a way. And it's like, was a big wake up. What I'm gonna do now, if I cannot really move my body. I don't, yeah. hard to imagine life like that. So then I start a process of, okay, how we can keep this body working well, so it will last me for as long as possible. Always my goal is, okay, if I 80, 85, 90, and I wanna go for a bicycle ride, I wanna go for a surf, I wanna do, I want to be able to do that. So all my learning, all my exploration, all my studies, all is about that. How can I sustain this body and keep having fun and playing for as long as I can? And that is kind of what made me found or create Barefoot Movers. And that's what I love doing day in, day out. Yes. And how long have you been training like this? Full-time, like just ditching the shoes and focusing is more like around five to six years now. You know, it was a lot of time exploring and looking for different stuff. And now it's okay. There's always more to keep learning and adding. Yeah. But it's like, okay, this, this is the way. Because I started to feel, you know, how my body was responding. And then my students and my clients. And that is the trajectory. Of course, always evolving, always improving. But yeah, it's been for, for that time. I'd say I definitely found barefoot uh, moving kind of by mistake because mm -hmm. I was training people outside for the first time and it, I was allowed to do it. So in the gym, obviously, they don't allow you to do it. But um, one year I decided in the summer I was going to coach people outside and I was like, well, why are we wearing shoes anyway? And the changes that I felt and everyone else felt, I was like, I never want to train in shoes again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is, it, is, it is amazing when you really start feeling your feet. For me, it was always yeah. like wearing shoes. If, if you think is when people go to work and they are out all day, when they go back home, probably the first thing that they do is take those shoes off. Because yeah. our body, no, those shoes are uncomfortable. Those shoes are yeah. not natural. So it's always a tendency is like, oh, as soon as I can, or if you think of relaxing or having a good time, it's shoes off, right? Yeah. Most, of, most of the time. 
So yeah, yeah it's, it, it is it is huge. And people, you know, at the beginning are kind of hesitant. You know, like mm. we're so used to uh, wearing the shoes, and even for some people, it's like a shame to show their feet. You know, we're proud of the feet. I don't know if the connection is good. I think we might you be hear just me losing well? you there. I think you're coming back. Hello. Yep. I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was even saying some, some people are like shy of showing their feet. You know, it's almost mm -hmm. a part of the body that we are not proud of. We want to hide them. I yeah. Know I noticed that. Yeah. People were quite kind of shy and it, definitely in the gym. It was like, a, no, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So first, what I always do is, you know, like, make sure that people understand that the feet are part of the body. Yeah. You know, that there's no something like, become kind of friends with the feet again. The feet yeah. are there and they're huge, they're very important. And they're kind of the part of the body that is pretty much forgotten. We don't, mm. you know, when you hear, oh, today's back day or chest day or <laughs> yeah. leg day. It's like, when is gonna feel feet day, right? Yeah. Because actually feet, you know, it's, you know, it's a foundation. We spend yeah. our life, we move, we walk, we run, everything we live, everything that we do is on our feet. But it seems like for every, for most people, for professionals, even like the body starts at the ankle, from the ankle up. And we yeah. hardly pay any attention to the feet. Yeah. So I think just putting out there, you know, okay, the feet are part of the body. The feet should be almost as your hands. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whoa, everybody's like, I, know, I cannot do anything with my feet. Well, <laughs> imagine, I always say, imagine if since you were one year old, they would put your hands in mittens, right? Yeah. Tight mittens, <laughs> yeah. tight mittens. And then on top of that, since you were one, you will start walking on your hands. <laughs> 15, 20, 30 years. Now, take those mittens off now and tell me, what can you do with your hands? And he's like, yeah. probably they're gonna be all messed up. Like no yeah. strength, like no mobility, no, no dexterity, no, like, yeah. no sensibility. And that is what we do to our feet for years and years and years. Yeah, and I notice a big connection between people having tight shoes or having problems with mobility in their feet and having problems with feeling parts of their lower legs, like their tibialis anterior or their calves, like they just can't feel it or activate it properly. Um, and as they start getting better control with their feet, they start controlling their lower leg muscles a little bit better. And this makes a big difference into the knees and hips as well. Um, yeah. And this tiny little exactly. change, it's a tiny change, That's but it's a huge change. It's huge, yeah. It's like the feet, the, the bottom of the feet are full of nerve endings. Nerve endings, yeah. You know, they're full of them. Of course, after being cramped for years and not having, not being able to do their job because they're never in contact with anything. Yeah. So they are like dormant. So mm -hmm. that is a big lose for how we move because all that information that, because we're walking, right? We're walking, we're running. It all starts with the feet. That mm -hmm. sends information, those nerves send information to the brain. Then the brain can make adjustments to where we are in the space, how yeah. we move the different part of the body. We, yeah. we have grown disconnected to that. And it's, 
and it's a little, it's a little sad. Yeah. It's a little sad, but at the same time, there's a big opportunity. You have been yeah. always training with shoes, and you feel like you know there's more, or like you want to give it a try. Just explore. Of course, yeah. you know you need to be mindful. Of course, yeah. a big mistake that people do is oh now is this is barefoot now I'm gonna go for my walk for that I normally do, <laughs> yeah. or I'm gonna go for runs. I, you, yeah. you, you need to be careful because people sometimes, especially the type A. Oh yes, <laughs> I love this. Oh, I'm gonna go around ten. Like no, no, no. It's easy, it's, it's, you know. Yeah. The need to be trained. Also, they need to start adapting and start recovering all that we have lost for so many years. Yeah. Um, Debbie here mentioned something. Have you seen people with no upper limbs that have adapted their feet to be able to cook and do daily activities oh, with yeah. them? Yeah, yeah I've seen amazing. someone do archery with their feet and it's just so impressive the how much really can be done. Yeah, it, it is amazing. And it's just like everything else or anything else. It's just about training, right? First, bringing the awareness. Oh, we have feet with toes that can move and there's so many muscles and joints Okay, yeah. if we start using them, it's just gonna get better, right? And yeah, yeah it's amazing. You have seen, you see in, in indigenous people, all the stuff that they can do with their feet, how they can climb, how they can like yeah. do, you know, it's a very useful part of the body that, you know, in the Western world, we kind of like have destroyed in a way or really yeah. like damaged, right? We have lost, yeah. we have lost our feet. Yeah. Someone here is asking, are shoes with toe springs bad? I don't know what toe springs are, but I'm, I'm assuming uh, some kind toe of Toe springs, like... I think, is, is lifting, lifting, right? Like how we lift the ah. heel, lifting the toe. There'd be ah, yeah. some, yeah. That is yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's just changing the way that our feet are meant to be. Yeah. So I'm... Uh, our toes are meant I to be on know. the ground, not up. Um, so this is a big yes. problem, yeah. And also a big problem, a the lot thing of people is, notice that, yep. No, sorry, no, I think it's, well, always with those things, we're trying to compensate what we have lost. Yeah. Because a lot of people, when you look at their feet, they're not able to like extend the toes. You know, the toes have lost all that motion that is so important, right? Because everything yeah. starts from the big toe up. Yeah. And, if you don't pay attention, you lose that. So then a way to, okay, now maybe we just do the shoes to do the work. So they put the toe into a little extension. Yeah. But it's again, it's like, okay, if we keep reinforcing that dysfunction, when are you going to improve it, right? Then you need to like, so I'm always, let's go back to natural. Yeah, maybe it takes time, but the beautiful thing that the body's always adapting. And you know exactly. more than anybody. Last time yeah. we talked about your injury and how you were able to train yourself to be super healthy. You know, when yeah. doctors were saying, oh, that's it, now yeah. you're done. And it's like the body's always adapting. It's yeah. what kind of stimuli you're putting your body through yeah. often, often, yeah. right? Often. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, most of our ability to walk forward comes from our big toe extension. And, you know, if someone doesn't have that, and a lot of people don't because of tight shoes, then there's a yeah. problem. And the amount of people like into their 40s or 50s or 60s that lose that function completely, but they don't necessarily work on getting it back. But you can't go into a lunge or you can't really accelerate without no. that function. Or, or you go, but with many compensations, right? Yeah. Because the body is so smart. 
So yeah. you will start changing other position of other joints to be able to do that. And it may, yeah. it may look, oh, if you don't pay much attention, oh, that looks, especially if you are in shoes, you don't really know what's happening there, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, we are not doing it in the most efficient way, right? Mm-hmm. They know the, mo- the, the word that it was meant to be. And as we know, that is probably solved the problem in a short term. Mm-hmm. But remember, I'm always thinking in the long term, right? Yeah. So how that's going to be in 15, 20, 25 years from now? Maybe yeah. my knee is going to give up. Maybe my hip is going to give yeah. up. You know, so it is important. And I think it's, I don't know, for me, it's always so entertaining, you know, to be able, for people, sometimes when I'm training somebody new and we go through assessments and we start finding things, you know, people is like, okay, you know, like, they get down, but I always say, no, 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 this is completely the opposite. We are looking for opportunities. Yeah. You know, if you were doing live, and normally I work with people 40 plus, so they've been around for a while and they do a sport. They're active people, but then, oh no, my shoulder hurts, my knee hurts. I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be able to do this. And mm-hmm. you start looking for those things. It's like, okay, there's a lot of opportunity here. So yeah. it's all positive. Now, just by knowing about them, now spending some time, there's only one way to go. It's gonna get yep. better. And yes. it doesn't need to be perfect. We don't need to be babies again, right? Where everything was perfect, yeah. but better, better. That makes a big difference. And, yeah. and the feet are the low hanging fruit. Yeah. Because it's rare. I'm like, kind of, you know, I'm always looking at feet. You know, I'm always looking around at feet. It's so hard for me now when I see people training with shoes. It's like, what's, there's something weird there. But it's like, yeah. Feet are not efficient. Feet are, you know, and people think like, oh, this is because it's genetics. This is how my mm-hmm. dad's feet were. This is, and it's like, yeah. well, maybe it's because your dad were doing the same to the feet that you've been yeah. doing, right? I've actually done a bunch of research the last month over the genetic thing um, with, uh, you know, issues with your feet. And actually the only thing that they can find is that people with hypermobility are more likely to have it, but people with hypermobility are more likely to actually adapt to anything. So, mm-hmm. you know, tight shoes, you know, a, a tight bra, you'd adapt to that, your back would change. That's what's crazy. So it's like, it doesn't matter what it is, it's a tissue type. So you genetically, you can't be born with it. It's impossible. You can't be born with problems with your feet. Every baby is born with perfect feet. That's why, and I, yeah, they that's also have toes that come yeah. out like this. And now suddenly we have toes that look like that. <laughs> It, it's like what it happened right? it doesn't look like the same thing <laughs> yeah it's not no, it's not the same when you see like you know it's completely different and and it's like again it's always opportunity you know just yeah. start spending and again you need to start you know but maybe someone listen to this and it's oh i'm gonna start going barefoot all the time well we need to also train the skin because the skin hasn't been exposed yeah, yeah. so you know our most of the skin my feet i can go pretty much in, on anything you know, because yeah, I've been yeah. training them. So I have- But it's a, taken it, years to be able to do that. Yeah, it takes years. So you need to go easy. I always say, start in your house, try mm. not to use shoes. And I start yeah. feeling the ground and feel the temperature. Go maybe to like a different surface. You know, spend mm. some time, maybe start putting weight, you know, like start activating the feet, balance on one foot, balance on the other foot. Maybe go, mm-hmm. when you go for a walk, Take your shoes off on grass first and feel the grass. Yeah. That's, then, then you start getting all the benefits of some earthing, right? Spending yeah. you know, contact with the ground. Then maybe take it to the sun. Then maybe go in the concrete. But always 
being mindful, all right? And respecting the time. Yeah. And allow all of us to start adapting before, oh, I'm gonna go on a 10, 10K barefoot. Okay, well, that's like, that yeah. will take a while. The same actually goes for barefoot shoes because barefoot yeah. shoes are obviously designed to be wide and thin. So they give you a little protection, but you know, not much. And there's a lot of people that try these shoes thinking that they're a solution. I actually read a review once online of someone getting very angry because they saved their barefoot shoes for a marathon walk <laughs> and they basically didn't train yeah. to use them. And they said, these are the worst shoes ever. I've had a lot of pain. But of course, if you do too much too soon, I was trying to actually teach myself how to run with barefoot shoes. And I did just a little bit too much too soon. And my, my calves, my tibialis anterior was so painful for about one week, 10 days. I was like, okay, well, I did five minutes too long. I now need yeah. to, you know, completely half what I did and do a lot, a lot less. Yeah. It's, um, it's really surprising how little stimulation you need in the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. In the yeah. beginning, it's just a case of, like you said, just walk around in your house and it's plenty. Yeah, I think, yeah, exactly what you're saying. I think in the beginning, there was a lot of misunderstanding. And that's why there was a big boom in the early 2000s about the barefoot, the minimal shoes, and then it mm -hmm. kind of disappeared for a while. Yeah. And I think there was a lot of that. There was yeah. more education. So people were like, oh, it, it all makes sense. Because when yeah. you start talking about it, it makes sense. But then They're you not need to forget to that you haven't trained the feet in that way or the yeah. body, right? Because when you go into minimalist, your, uh, your running, your walking is going to change. Yeah, you know your your technique is gonna change. It's gonna be more natural yeah, in a way. That. Within three yeah. days, they've done studies how the gait changes within three days of walking barefoot. But that takes yeah. three days of gradual adaptation, and suddenly you're moving differently. And what if you're doing a lot of movement? What's that gonna mean? Yeah. How's that gonna yeah. feel in the body? Exactly. So yeah, it's like you need to think that you are doing a new thing. You know, it's mm -hmm. not just the same running. You're doing a new thing. Yeah. And you need to start training like you will do anything. If I go and do a new movement, I cannot go and do three times a week, two hours. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be destroyed, right? I'm mm -hmm. going to start easy into it. Sometimes that's something that we need to help people understand because not just with that, but with everything, right? You know, with every movement, yeah. With every movement. I think sometimes it's like, you know, the, the fitness industry has that idea that you need to push, right? You yeah. need to go for it. You need to like, but both you and I, we know that, okay, we need to have the prerequisite. Yeah. Yeah, we need to yeah. be prepared to do that. You cannot go from, oh, I didn't do nothing for the last three years. Now I'm going to sign up and go five days a week to do a high intensity class, for example, right? Well, mm -hmm. that is maybe not the best idea for the long term, right? Yeah. So it's about like, I always think this is being healthy and being active and staying like that for long is... A marathon. It's a it's long term. There's no yeah. need to let's do a 30 days challenge and go all out. It's like yeah. that is not very sustainable in the long term. Maybe it can be a good jump start, right? Mm. But we need to be. I always, you know, it's listen to the body, respect the body. It's almost like just like I said earlier with the feet that oh, there's something that we don't really relate. Sometimes it's with the whole body, right? Yeah. It's like we don't respect almost like. The body is there. We don't really appreciate all the stuff that the body does. And yeah. we're always asking the body, oh, I want this now. Oh, I don't look yeah. this way. I want to look this way. And I'm going to put you through this diet. And I'm going to take you. And it's like, wait a minute. The body is doing the best it's got. 
Yeah. Just give him a little attention and a little love, right? So with that, you can have a happier body for longer, right? Like yeah. a happier body. So we need to like change. I think sometimes it's reframing that, how we see yeah. our body and how we relate with our own body. You probably- yeah, I don't think it's a super popular idea to work on longevity and work on, mm-hmm. you know, the functionality of, of the skills that you can do rather than the intensity. A lot of people are going, right, I'm going to do HIIT workouts. I'm going to get, you know, lose some body fat. I'm going to just look fit. Yeah. But looking yeah. fit is very different to actually being fit. There's, there's yeah. two different things. It's very different. And sometimes people are like, huh? What, what's the difference? Where is that? Well, it's, yeah. a, it's a big difference, you know? And I think the most popular is looking fit and what can i do to look fit yeah so you know it's like well yeah that's great but what about this and to me that's great but what i always say is if you become fit if you really become fit and athletic guess how you're gonna look Mm. (laughs) yeah it's gonna be a side athletic and you're gonna look you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, I always think of that as a side effect. We're not going to get into any pro- program of anything thinking, oh, we're going to change the way you look, but we're going to yeah. be working on how you can move better. And of course, when you can move better, you're going to move more. And then you, it's going to feel okay. It's going to feel good. And then all of a sudden, you're going to look and say, oh, I have some other muscles here. I'm looking yeah. more athletic. I like, I like that approach. Yeah. And there's also the problem of, okay, well, you can try to get as fit looking as possible you can go on a crazy diet you can go on a crazy workout regime um but then how long can you do that for before you pick up an injury or before you get sick or you have to stop for a while and i mean me and callum we were training people we were coaches in a gym so the main thing people were asking for is i want to look like this it wasn't i want to move like this it was i want to look like this um and that's the biggest question that you get asked in the beginning is like you know you know that's all they want. And it's like, well, you know, you, you can't actually physically do this movement because your joints are restricted right now. So it would benefit you to work on this for three to six months. That doesn't sound so exciting. No, it's as, not very sexy. Okay, I'm just going to get through these. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like yeah. a, a cool thing to do. But, but, um, on the, but, but on the other hand, where is more moderate approach, right? When it's a, maybe a more holistic approach, if we want to call it yeah. somewhere, that when people realize that that is good, it's easier to sustain. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know you, I train 40 plus, that people are busy. You know, they have mm-hmm. jobs, they have stress, mm-hmm. they have family, they have kids, they have a lot of, and then on top of that comes the training. So yeah. how much can you do when you don't have the time you're not resting yep. well maybe you don't have even time to cook your own meals uh, it, you know, we need to look at training as a whole it's not yep. just one thing so when i think that you so remove many different things that could actually cause people's imbalances as well it could be a movement history it could be an injury it could be an old injury it could be actually just stress or you know some kind of lack of sleep or poor nutrition mm-hmm. there could be so many factors causing a problem yeah that is not just specific to the area. Yes, for sure. So yeah, so, it has to be the whole thing. It's holistic. And, and again, it's not a sprint. It's like a, a marathon. And I always, you know, a very important thing is to start knowing your body. So many of us, we don't know 
really was happening until something really hurts. Mm. So I like to take the approach of start connecting with the body. So if you go in any training and it's super fast and with loud music, yeah, maybe it can be fun, but you don't really know what's happening with your body. And I think yeah. those are all good. I, I like people to do stuff that they have fun, right? Your sport, yeah. whatever it is. But also you need to be mindful like, okay, what is happening with your body? Am I able to do this or not? And sometimes we are so disconnected that then all of a sudden we have a shoulder injury and we didn't even know that we have lost all the mobility of the shoulder years ago. And the body was trying to do their best they could with what they have. But then your reaction is, oh, this stupid shoulder again. I hate my shoulder. I don't really know what happened. All of a sudden, I said, but if you pay attention before, the, the, the body's talking to us all the time. It's yeah. telling us. It's up to us to pay attention and to listen and then do something about it. Sometimes we, yeah. I think, and that's what happened to me. When I was in my 20s, I thought I was invincible. I was like, it hurt. It doesn't matter. I'm going to go and do it anyways. It's going to, whatever. Until one day, it's like, dude, you're done. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, that is, that got ingrained in my mind. Because when you value movement, when you value staying active, that we all should, because it's not only for a sport, but if you want to be independent, right? As you age, you want to be independent. You want to do stuff on your own. You need a body that moves. Sometimes people don't relate to that. Again, we go back to how my body looks, but what, what all the stuff that your body does for you and how important that is, but we only realize when really we can't. Yeah. You know, when we cannot do I feel it like anymore. It's definitely correlated with people being injured or in pain, and that's telling them to then look into it after that. And, if, and I mean, in a way, like, that's how I found it because I couldn't move um, after my injury. But um, when you're doing mobility training, it changes the way that you see movement because simply your warm up and part of your strength training is using your joints in their full range of motion. And there's no way to ignore a problem. The second it starts happening, you can feel it and you can stop it then before it becomes a problem. And that's what's so cool about it. So yeah. when you're using your joints, you're actually mm -hmm. checking in with your joints pretty much every single day or at least a few times a week. There's no chance for a little problem or a little injury that's about to happen to develop because you can, you can hear it, basically. Yes, you know it's coming and you can yeah. do something about it, right? And, yeah. and again, it's like, and you don't need to take so much time. Sometimes I don't have time to, but I always say, well, you're waiting for the coffee to be made, you know? Move your ankles, move your hips, move your, go into a deep squat and see how that feels today. There's so many things that you can do in between. It doesn't need to be, oh, I only do that when I go to the gym. It's like, yeah. even that, if you go to the gym every day for one hour, yeah, that's good, but still, the body needs more movement. And it's not, yeah. you cannot like, oh, I only move at the gym. Because sometimes it does too, you know, I move anywhere. I go around yeah, yeah. and I move. And sometimes even my kids feel like, oh, uh, they don't feel so, but it's completely normal to move our bodies. It's, that's another thing that we have grown that is like, well, we only move at the gym. We only move in these places that are for movement. <clears throat> Why? Why? Yeah. No. <clears throat> yeah, so you don't mindful. have to move in just your training session. You can have like little five minutes here, five minutes there, just doing a little bit on your shoulders, a little bit on your ankle, a little bit on your knees. Yes. And the whole day you've, you've moved a lot. You're moving a little bit, right? You're moving a yeah. little bit. And then, oh, but that will really make a difference. Well, if you do that 
every day. Every day. Think of in one month, think of six months, think of a year. That's a lot of movement that you are doing more than before. And the cool yeah. thing is that you start feeling better. You know, you start yeah. feeling better and then your body is going to start asking for it. I always think that, you know, it's, it's the beginning. The first yeah. couple months until people realize this is here to stay. Because yeah. why? Because it's not too hard, because it's not pushing every day, it's not punishing you. It makes you feel better. So of yeah. course you want to do it. It's just creating the habit, understand that yeah. maybe it doesn't need to take so much time. It doesn't need to be too hard in order to be beneficial. And then it's like, okay. I always say it's like, it's like brushing your teeth, right? Mm -hmm. How often do you do it? Well, hopefully a couple of times a day, every day, right? Because you are taking care of your teeth. The same with your feet, the same mm -hmm. with the ankle, the same with your spine. They need maintenance. They mm -hmm. need maintenance. How often? How often as you can. You need to be super hard. You need, no, it's just brushing your teeth take what? Two minutes? Yeah. The same with the rest. But it's yeah. changing that perspective, right? Like <clears throat> the body needs maintenance. A movement is maintenance. I feel I like I also yeah. the problem is in the beginning, a lot of people don't know what to do because if, it, if it's like the only thing they've experienced is a class or a gym, um, membership, then they might not have tried different movements like that. It's not available there. So that's yeah. another thing that's like a lot of people say, well, where do I begin or what do I do? And it's like, well, there's some basic movements you can do. And of course, it's not a case of forcing them. It's not a case of, I know a lot of people just really feel like they want to get that extra bit of range because they feel like they can get it. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's not helpful. Just doing what you can do. Just, yeah. you know, not forcing anything, just doing what you can do with basic um, movements, things like cars, things like movement flows, uh, stuff like I've seen you do on the yeah. beach. Things like that can make such <laughs> a big difference here and there in the day. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be super complex in the beginning. And it makes such a difference. Yeah, for me, it's always, okay, if you want to start, I always say, spend more time on the ground. Mm. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. Just spend more time on the ground. And he's like, is that going to help? <laughs> just go to the ground, you know, because sometimes we also grow so disconnected to the ground. Yeah. You know, and the ground, if you think, if we think, is our biggest trainer. Because that's how yeah. we learn how to walk. Yeah. You know, we were a ball on the ground. And because of that connection, that interaction with the ground, we were able to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So then we... One year old, we start walking and he's like, okay, that's not efficient anymore. I, I can walk, I can run, why I'm gonna go back to the ground? But if you think about it, we can always go back to the ground. I think go back to the basics and I start exploring the ground. And the ground force you to be in different position, to put different shapes. And it's very safe because you are in the ground, there's nowhere to fall. And I, I don't know, I, I love groundwork. You know, coming to the yeah. ground, and you start, you know, the body needs to communicate, it's close chain, so you need to communicate, you need to like connect shoulders, wrists, hips, and all the spine, and it moves, and it's like, that's a great place to start. Doesn't cost yeah. anything. You don't need to buy any gadgets. You don't need any special of anything. Just go and sit on the ground. Instead of sitting all day on the chair, spend some time on the yeah. ground. You see that after one minute, it's like, oh, I'm gonna move position because I'm getting uncomfortable. Now you come to this one, and you start, reclaiming all those possible positions 
that is funny, you know, because it's kind of sad. Sometimes you see young people that they have a really hard time going to the ground. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and it may be athletes in a way, you know, they're very good in a specialized sport, but they'll say, okay, let's come to the ground. And it's like, oh, I don't know, because I hurt here. And then and yeah. you start, and that's like coming up and down. That is something that you're going to need all your life. And My you mobility is probably the worst when I was a skier. Oh, mm -hmm. I think I've lost I think I you there. I'm here. I can hear yeah. you now. I was... I was just saying that my mobility was probably the worst when I was a semi-professional skier. And I'd say some of the worst mobility I've seen in children were professional ballet dancers. Um, mm -hmm. They obviously, you know, got better and they got back the range they lost. But when I first met some of them, they were having knee pain. So this, there was these like 12 year old girls having knee pain as, you know, professional dancers. I thought, okay, well, you know, how bad can their joint assessments be? But they failed it worse than most adults. Like their ankles didn't move. Um, they had an overhead squat test, which basically meant they fell down. Um, it was all really, really restricted. And we worked on it, you know, bit by bit. And after about three to six months, they were fine. And obviously children adapt much faster mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. adults do. Um, but nowadays, like there's more phones, there's more iPads. Um, it's easier to sit down. And school is, of course, sitting down. So... If I think back at how many hours I spent sat down at school, I can't believe it. I'm like, my, my body was growing. All our bodies were growing and we were yeah. sat down for most of the time. Yeah, and at that time, such a crucial time on de development, right? For our bodies mm -hmm. being seated for so, so much time. And then the other thing is that then very quickly, we make them become specialists, right? Mm -hmm. And do one sport that involves mm. a few movements. So it's yeah. <clears throat> sitting on the chair, <clears throat> on the car, on the couch, and then going and doing the same group of movements over and over and over and over and over yeah. again, and forgetting the all of the rest. So in a yeah. way, yeah, it's important for them to do sports, but I think also sometimes we forget that all the sports comes with a cost. Mm -hmm. It's not something that it was, they're not natural. It's not yeah. how humans move. You don't see our ancestors doing playing tennis, right? The way no. I like to think about it is like, <laughs> if you're doing that sport, take away, like, take away the bicycle, take away the tennis racket, take away the skis, take away the boots, and imagine the body moving. Does it look normal? Yes. Yeah, what are those shapes, right? Look at the Why shapes. are they doing that? Like, yeah. it would be strange yeah. to see without the equipment. Yes, exactly. Not, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and then it's, you know, each sport has its things, but you're going to emphasize something, but you're going to don't develop all the other stuff. And you're going to start creating. I see that most of those people, the ones that were very active in our young age and do a lot of specific sports, are maybe the ones that carry with more imbalances and more dysfunctions than maybe people that they didn't do that much. Sure. That's why it's not, it's not a coincidence that the professional athletes has a, such a short um, careers yeah career exactly yeah. right because that is yeah in a way you're moving that's awesome but yeah. when it's so repetitive and so avoiding so many other shapes it's always the same shapes over and over mm -hmm. there's a time that the body says okay that's it you know no and more some because... of the best athletes the athletes that have lasted the longest the ones that have been the top of their sport for a very long time 
they're the ones that actually do other training. They're the ones that take yes. um, actual movement training very seriously. And we added quite a lot of that into uh, module one in our certification to show people, look, like, look at these top movers. What are they doing that's mm. different to everyone else? They're doing all movement, not just their sport. Yeah. And that's what's the big difference. And I think that's, that's one of the things that I always want to bring to my clients and to people is like, I, I love sports. Don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I me love too. sports. And I want to keep doing them. But in order to keep doing it for the long time, I need to do something else. The sport yeah. by, in most of my cases, remember, it's 40 plus people that are on their, on their desk for hours to end. And then mm -hmm. they go and do their sport. And that's mm -hmm. it. You know, because I don't have time for anything else. Or, mm -hmm. you know, if I have an hour, I'm going to go surf. Okay? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. then you see them, you know, shoulder problem, hip problem, and stuff like that. And they're still very young to be having all those problems. So yeah. the, the missing part is the movement training or the mobility training. You know, mm -hmm. don't go and do something just to get tired because yeah. that doesn't really going to help you, right? You want to save that energy to go and do your sport. But yeah. on the other time, you need to find something that you can do to sustain and to help you to keep doing that sport. Yeah. Right. So I think and that's something that is missing there. Or people yeah. sometimes, oh, when, I, when you say, it's, okay, yeah, I got it. Okay, what do I need to do? You know, yeah, how yeah. can I start? <laughs> I mean, in the beginning, like with mobility training, it, it could be boring when you first find out, okay, I've got a big restriction in this joint, I have to work on it. That could be the boring part. But after three to six months of being consistent, you can then play. You yes. can then do so many things. Because if you think about the coolest like calisthenics movements or the coolest like body weight movements, they all require full joint function. Mm -hmm. And I noticed like when I was younger, um, when I was a professional, pretty much I was professional, I was sponsored and I did not move as well as I do now. After, I mean, I had a car accident and then I had to rehab from that. And I move better now than when I was an athlete. That blows my mind. But exactly. I didn't know. I had no idea that, mm -hmm. you know, certain joint ranges, I didn't work. So for example, as a skier, your foot is in a boot and you don't like, you don't move it much. <clears throat> And my feet, my ankle dorsiflexion was terrible. I could not get into a squat. Wow. So every time I came down, obviously skiers, they, they ski bent forward. They don't ski in a perfect squat, do they? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that meant that when I tried to squat, I'd go into my ski position and I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't do, do it. it. Yeah. Um, and there's also hip extension. Oh my gosh. Like, so, you know, like um, sissy squats or poor man leg extensions, like they look cool but my body wouldn't do it. Like mm -hmm. it was impossible. So yeah. there's all these side effects. I and mean, this is just skiing. What about surfing? Yeah. What about tennis? What about- Yeah, and there's, and the thing is there's two things. One is that, as you say, yeah, maybe it can be boring. It can take mm -hmm. time to recover certain range of motions. But the cool thing is that the body adapts. Yeah. But also when you get there, and, and again, it doesn't need to be 100%, right? just going from like 20% to 40% is a huge difference. Mm. And then when you have it there, it's not so hard to maintain. Yeah. And that's Serena said, sometimes injuries are the best lesson. That's also my case. I think that's true. Unfortunately, it's painful, <laughs> but 
it's quite easy. It's definitely yes. the best lesson. Again, always when somebody gets hurt, you know, it's, oh, that sucks. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful, right? It's, especially if it's an active person and you love to move, but there's always, again, that opportunity. Okay, what can we learn from this? How do we mm -hmm. get to there? Okay, now we need to take care of this. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you can always be creative, right? Okay, now I need to move in a different way. So it can open up even more opportunity because now, okay, I cannot do this because we're very funny, right? If I want to train, I'm going to go and do whatever I feel comfortable with, whatever I'm good at, yeah. right? Because this is how humans are. I don't want to go and do something that is hard. You know, I'm going to mm. avoid that. I, the work of a coach is to find those and little by little take you there. Make it because, easier. Yeah, yeah. And, and the things that the things that we want to avoid normally as the one that we need, right? But mm -hmm. you know, because it's like, okay, if I'm have I don't know, tight hamstrings, I'm not gonna go to a yoga class. I don't wanna stretch my hamstrings. Right? It's like I'm gonna avoid that at all costs because I'm mm -hmm. gonna suffer there. So the brain is very smart. But when we have an injury, okay, what I'm gonna do now? The stuff that I normally do, probably I cannot do it. Okay, you can just don't do anything or, okay, I take the injury, I'm gonna let this body part rest and do whatever I need to do to recover that. But at the same time, what a great opportunity to work on this that when I'm good, I will never do. So yeah. it's all the mindset too, right? How we like frame things because we can always move. You see, then you see people with real uh, discapacities, right? That's how you say it. Mm -hmm. And you see how they train and how they move. And it's like, oh, I complain yeah. when my, you know, my knee hurts a little bit or my shoulder and I go, oh, I cannot do anything. And it's like, look at them, you know? I see people doing all kind of amazing things when they lose a limb or they have, mm. and it's like, oh, wow. Like, really? Let's, let's, let's get to work. Let's do something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you still have that body part, you can still do something about it. So yes. that's the way I see it yeah. as we, you, yeah. we have so much opportunity. And one of the things that, of course, yeah, like when you're not good at something straight away naturally, or say you have a joint restriction and you can't get into a certain position, you're discouraged. You don't necessarily want to do it. And quite often just trying to do it can be very scary because you're, you're doing it and you're failing and you're, you're thinking, am I doing the right thing? And sometimes the case is actually you need to regress that movement completely. Mm -hmm. It yeah. needs to be completely broken down into different pieces so you can learn it and adapt to it over time so it's not so scary. And there's always a solution. So yeah. I hear people say to me like, oh, I can't, I can't deadlift. And I'm like, well, you can. You're just perhaps doing the wrong type of deadlift for you at the moment mm. and you just need yeah. to learn it the, the right way. Um, exactly. There's always, yeah. there's always options to move and we just need to like, be a little more open. Sometimes it's the ego, right? The ego, oh, I cannot do that, so I'm gonna don't do it because I'm all out of, you know, it's like, we're all learning, we can all get better. And I still can find so many things that I need to improve. You know, there's so many mm -hmm. things, but that also makes it interesting, makes me stay yeah. in a way young because I'm engaged. I'm always progressing, it's not like, oh, I'm done. No, I'm always looking for ways. And you can look at that as something negative or you can look at something that is like, that's motivation right there. 
And, and yeah. we, if we look around, there's always things that we can improve, that we can learn, that we can do. And that, to me, always. makes life so much more interesting, so much more, yeah. you know, it's, it's a better life, you know? It's, yeah. It's, I mean, you know, when I was younger, I thought, oh, I'm just never going to be able to do something like that. I'll never do that. Um, mm -hmm. And now I know, well, well, I can if I want to. I just really have to take my time and be patient and do everything that is required to slowly adapt into that movement and take that same theory I had with my back injury to a movement and just take my time to learn it. Um, so yeah, there's, um, there's so many lessons in these difficult times that people yeah. go through. Um, but sure. also just by chance learning about barefoot moving and doing like starting to actually train pretty much everything barefoot has completely adapted everything because of course like we need to have all our joints functioning and all our joints moving in their full range of motion but you can actually feel all of it the entire chain better if you are barefooted so yeah and i and i think it's almost like if you start training barefoot if you start spending more time barefoot and then you start transitioning to a minimal shoes mm. and you get there there's no way back <laughs> yeah there's no way back you know it's I like... actually um you know olympic weightlifting shoes i like i yeah. have some and i used to use them sometimes because there's, there's benefits to it but i now just in, instead of using the shoes i now just use a wedge sometimes to use to get the benefits of you know more quad activation but yeah. I can't wear the shoes anymore. They are so small. Like my feet have adapted so much now that I can't yeah. get my feet in the same shoe I wore two years ago. I know. Um, and, and, and it's a little bit harder, especially for women, right? The yeah. shoes that women put their feet into is just from another planet. Yeah, I haven't done that. I haven't worn <laughs> heels in like maybe six years now because I physically can't get my feet in my shoes anymore. And that's a good and thing. I don't want to. That's a really good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so now I think the last wedding I went to, I wore like, um, I wore Vans. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's hard now because I was like, I'm, I'm just yeah. going to have to wear trainers for this because I can't. But, it, but again, it's, it's funny how things become the norm, right? Yeah. When those things are the weird thing, putting your foot <laughs> in a crazy shaped shoe is not yeah. normal. But if you go to a wedding, that is normal. I cannot go barefoot. Yeah. Because even though that's normal or the natural thing in that environment is weird. It's uh, not but, normal, yeah. But the good thing is that nowadays, little by little, there's more option for minimal shoes. And that's a really cool thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. now... Yeah, definitely. You know, it's like, okay, now there's more brands, there's some variety... You have some lifestyle shoes because for me it's the same you know i barefoot or with minimal shoes sometimes yeah. you need to maybe wear something else and it's kind of hard to find but yeah. now it's not so hard the only thing that i'm still looking for that they should start making more is cleats for sports minimal cleats okay i think that's something that is important because that's when you put the most stress, the most stress on your feet yeah right and if you look at athletes, it, you know, those are very weird shape shoes for sports, you know. And I think there will be a, something good for brands to start coming up with minimal cleats. So mm -hmm. even kids, when they start going soccer or playing lacrosse or rugby or whatever they're playing, they don't need to put their shoes in those 
cleats anymore. Yeah, I think that would yeah. be a really cool thing to start. I think uh, someone the other day said that they should come up with some kind of boot for uh, skiing or um, snowboarding, but I can't imagine. I think, I think the boot <laughs> has to be pretty yeah. like, solid because otherwise yeah. you'd slip out of your skis. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and there's some sports that you can, but at least yeah. counterbalance. But you can up. get wide. Um, so you can get very wide boots. Um, mm. I have some, actually. My, my ski boots are pretty wide because I've always had wide feet anyway. So I had to get special mm. boots when I was ski training anyway. And they're so comfortable that it's not a problem. The problem is, though, you don't move your ankle. So um, yeah. that's... At least you're able to... At least, at least I can that, wiggle my toes. Yeah. yeah, they're not on top of each other, right? Because most yeah, of the yeah, yeah. staff put their toes on top of each other. Which is, yeah. One of the biggest complaints with skiing is actually people saying that their feet hurt because they've put boots on that are too small. Um, and I think this is a massive difference in them not being able to basically pick up the technique of skiing because they can't control their legs properly. And I've seen this a lot um, yeah. when new people are trying to learn skiing and they've rented some boots and they're too narrow. And, you know, it just it makes such a big difference. Just, you know, you need to be able to move your toes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but crazy. anyway, I think we've um we've been on pretty long. Do you guys have any questions? I think um we've had a lot of cool comments. Oh, it was Thank super you guys fun. For... I, I saw Karine yeah. there saying that was super inspiring. I, I love Karine. She's a great mover. She's in Spain. Um, oh, cool. Hello, Karine. Keep doing what you are doing. It's nice <laughs> to see you start connecting to different people on the internet. This is the cool thing about social media, right? That also has so many yeah. negatives, but being able to connect and inspire people and learn from people and communicate is such yeah. a good thing, you know? It's such a good thing. Yeah, yeah so. somebody says that we're asses because they're wider. I think whatever we can to get to more natural, the better. And again, yeah. it should be a transition in time. Uh, but I always, the body knows, right? The body knows. So what feels comfortable, if it's something feels comfortable, it's the thing is when we start forcing stuff that is not comfortable. We're talking about the shoes, right? Yeah, if it's that's comfortable, one of the last things. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's follow that. Yeah. Allow the feet to be comfortable, and and that's a that's a good path to follow. Cold weather training yeah. versus indoor. Cold weather training. Going outside, it's, it's nice to be cold here and there, but that's yeah. because I live in a place that is warm year round. <laughs> that would be very unfair to me to say, but yeah, I, it I'm very what happy. You're doing. Yeah, I'm very happy that I can go outside year round, and of course we do a lot of all my my trainings are online because they're in inside online, but I always encourage people to take that outside, right, to go and move because again. 45 minutes is not all the movement that you need. And, and it's always good to go and spend time outdoor and explore and have fun. Start, you know, relating also with the environment in a different thing. Again, you don't need the gym to train. You can do it. And if you start looking around, there's so many options to move. And you're breathing fresh air and being a little bit cold is always good. You know, just have more fun with the training, I think, is important. If you want to do it for all your life, it doesn't need to be super boring or hard. And sometimes going outdoors, it just makes it so much more fun. Yeah, always. So does. much more fun, right? Unless it's minus 20, then it's not so much fun. Yeah, but no, and, and again, that's what I said. 
I'm very lucky I live in a place that is warm all the time. I remember growing up in Argentina, it was very cold. I still like to try to go, you know, and in winter and ride my bike and do things outside, but it's, it takes, it takes, it's not so easy. Now I'm, yeah. I'm in Southern California and it's like, okay, winter <laughs> here are pretty much a joke. Uh, what I do, what I do like that is a challenge is jumping in the ocean. Yeah. Every year round, we know where to, and spending a few minutes there, almost like, you know, the ice bath is not mm -hmm. ice, but it gets pretty chilly. And that's, a, yeah. you know, it's always nice to keep challenging yourself, you know? Yeah. Because that, that little stress, the same with exercise, right? That's stress. That little stress keeps the body um, improving, right? Yeah. Stimulate, we were doing like cold showers every day. I mean, Callum was doing them for a long time. I was doing them for just 20 seconds. But um, yeah. it got so hot here in France that in the summer when we were trying to do it, there was no cold water. So... <laughs> So we just have to wait until winter's back, until we can do it again. Oh, I think I've lost you. Oh, don't know if the connection's gone there. Oh, are you back? I'll give it a I'm second. I'm here. I lost you for a moment. Yeah. So you were saying that you were taking oh, showers, but the water wasn't cold enough. The water wasn't that cold, right? Yeah. In the, the, this summer, the water wasn't cold at all. So um, yeah. we're just waiting for the winter to do it again. Yeah. Um, and it's good. It's also good to be more, you will find little things that keep you more in touch with the seasons. Mm. So that's a cool thing. You know, it's more natural to be able to like, you know, adjust what you do to the season. And the water is, yeah, if you take a, a cold shower in winter, it's going to be much colder than if you take it in summer. So it's yes. kind of, it keep you, it's keep you a little bit in touch with, with nature, right? Sometimes yes. one of the things that I always like, you know, we, we are humans and we still have the same DNA that millions of years ago. But nowadays we start kind of forgetting that we are an animal and we start <laughs> disconnecting a lot. Are you hearing me now? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Can you yeah. hear me? Okay, sorry. No, yeah, but sometimes it's just a little frozen. But we are we start to grow very disconnected to, to who we are, right? And to our environment and to our animal part. I know I think a lot of people get super excited about, you know, new technology and robots and this and that. And to me, it's like, I'm super in love with the humanity, with our animal and all the stuff that we can do and how we can relate with the environment that is also for humans, it's not for robots. And I don't know, it's just like, being in, being in contact with that, I think, is a big part of staying healthy, right? Staying, staying true yeah. in a way, right? Because it's hard to be completely true to who we are. But find little things to keep that, uh, that deeper human alive, in a way. You know, like, yeah, yeah, go and expose yourself to the environment. Go and work barefoot somewhere. Go and do... You know, some stuff that is a little bit like weird in a way, but it's really the normal thing that humans will always do. You know, like yeah. move in a park and crawl around or climb a tree. You know, that's no weird. That used to be like a yeah. right? And it was the same body, but now it's like, exactly. so wait, what are you going to do as an adult going and climb a tree? Well, you can have a great time. And believe me, in 10 minutes, you have the best workout. The tree yeah. is going to smoke you, you know, in 10 minutes. 
and it's so much fun, you know? So I don't know, I like to bring those things. I think it keeps life more engaged and, and it puts fitness and training also in a different way. And, and I think it's nice to, to embrace that, you know, to embrace, yeah. to embrace. And I have fun sure. while you're doing it. And then you will look, oh, now I look a little bit fitter. How cool is that? Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rodrigo, for joining me today. And, no, my um, pleasure. We're definitely going to have to do another one of these chats again sometime. For sure. Always, always a pleasure to chat with you and to communicate and to learn from you. There's so much beautiful stuff and amazing content that you put out there. So thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you I very much. I also really, really enjoy watching your stuff. So thank you. Thank you. One day, maybe, maybe one day we'll put us in the same area and we can do some stuff in person. That'll be really some, cool. I'll put some movement there. All right. That'll be super cool. Thank All you. All right. Well, have a nice day. You too. Oh, you're going, you're going to bed soon. I I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here it's only 11 in the morning. So I have a lot, a lot to do still. Thank you very cool. much, Ali. Always a pleasure. All right. Great. Thank have you. a lovely Thank day. you, everybody, that, that joined us there. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Sleep well. <laughs>